Hello, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the DeVart and Podcast in the Moment. I am Jeffrey Hardy, your host, and I am excited to share with you interviews of guests that will provide information, perspectives, and resources that directly and indirectly involve you, the listener, as it relates to day-to-day living. Today's Tuesday Teacher in the Moment podcast features Jennifer Sanders, an instructional specialist for pre-kindergarten to 12th grade school district in the North Chicago area. Jennifer will be talking about working through the challenges of education away from the traditional learning environment. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to our Tuesday segment of In the Moment. And I am here with Jennifer Sanders. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, how are you? I am well, and yourself? I'm great, thanks. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. And let's go ahead and get started. Um, Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself as it relates to your career. Well, I've been working in the field of education for 27 years. I've taught multiple grade levels, pre-kindergarten, first, second, fourth, and fifth grade self-contained classes, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade writing classes. Um, Leadership and administrator roles include literacy coach, interventionist, assistant principal, and instructional specialist. Great, great. You've done a lot over your career. That's great. Um, what inspired you to pursue a field in education? Well, my sister and I played school all the time when we were young. We both pretended to be teachers. We had our own classroom full of imaginary students. Um, Both of my parents were in the field of education. My mom was an elementary school teacher, and my dad was a high school guidance counselor. Okay. Mm -hmm. I visited my mom's classroom on a few occasions when I was a kid, and I watched her teach. So I'm sure that rubbed off on me. (laughs) Sure. Okay, great. All right. I know some of our listeners are wondering, what is the role of an instructional specialist? Um, Well, that role can look different depending on the needs of the school, you know, how the building principal sees your influence to be the most impactful. Um, In my building, I coach and support teachers in their practice. So I I work primarily with pre-kindergarten teachers at an early childhood center comprised of 16 classrooms with students uh, three to five years old. I observe teachers, I give feedback, Um, I facilitate reflection on teacher practice. Um, I guide teachers in developing an action plan on something that the teacher wants to work on to improve teacher practice. Um, So I kind of go in a a cycle. Um, I observe, give feedback, facilitate teacher reflection, teacher develops an action plan, and then we cycle in that fashion again, another observation. Um, I do provide professional development um, for teachers and paraeducators. I uh, recruit 
hire and try very hard to retain teachers. Um, I co-facilitate um, MTSS meetings, that's uh, multi-tiered systems, uh, system of support. Um, and that's like a, a group of thought partners um, who get together and plan strategies or interventions um, for teachers to implement with students who are struggling in school in some shape, form, or fashion. Um, and the list goes on and on. Um, it's very rewarding work. It sounds like it. It sounds like you give a lot of really good support to the teachers and other staff. That's great. Can you briefly describe what a typical work day would be like for you on your school campus? <laughs> um, it, it's funny you say that, the typical work day. Um, it, it really does change from day to day, but um, uh, the day consists of um, meeting and planning sessions, um, assessing and refining programs and initiatives um, and school-wide structures and practices. Um, my day consists of coaching sessions with teachers and um, teaching uh, teacher observations and student observations as well. Um, you know, in a school building, you have to be very flexible and um, have a contingency plan in place. Um, anything from, you know, we come across anything from a, a no-show substitute teacher to an unplanned visit um, from a parent demanding a meeting. You know, you just never know what's going to happen from day to day. I can imagine. I'm sure that um, there's always something that's new and exciting uh, as you walk through the doors of the building that you have to contend with. That's interesting. Okay. As I think about e-learning, Jennifer, I immediately think about post-secondary education at various colleges and universities as it is an educational platform commonly used at that level. With the closure of many schools across the country due to the COVID-19, how is your team faring with having to use this educational platform in such a short period of time? Well, I think I, I can speak for the majority when I say that um, the abrupt change from a traditional school experience to an at-home school experience has been um, a bumpy transition. But we as educators are resilient and creative. Um, it's, it's in our DNA to be responsive and flexible in order to reach kids and grow kids. So after the initial shock of distance learning being our reality, teachers began to brainstorm and collaborate, uh, share ideas you know, of how to connect with families um, and children. Um, there's an organization called Starnet um, in Illinois that provides professional growth opportunities for educators of children ages birth to eight in the form of webinars, workshops, conferences, and you know consultations. Mm -hmm. um, because there are many school districts across the state of Illinois, Starnet has multiple networks or, or regions. Mm -hmm. um, Starnet in my school district's region set up an electronic uh, platform for schools across the region to share their e-learning plans, um, allowing us to work smarter. Okay, that's great. So, you know, 
a good outside resource that can you know assist in 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 making sure that that e-learning platform is one that can be of the most benefit that's great all right um so we're gonna take a quick break here for a moment and then we'll return with jennifer sanders we'll be right back okay we're back on in the moment and we have here with us jennifer sanders and we were just talking about uh, e-learning as it relates to uh, the primary and secondary schools. Um, some school districts have the money and resources to give their students the supplies and resources they need to learn via e-learning. For students that don't have the same resources, what would you say to the parents of the children lacking the resources needed to learn at home? And what would you say or recommend to the school administrators in terms of trying to provide the essential resources for the students' benefits? Well, that was kind of wordy, but... Mm -hmm. it, it was very wordy, yeah. but I'll, I'll answer it like this. Um, lack of resources is definitely a concern. Um, as best we can, we want to ensure equity by giving every child what he needs to enable learning to take place. Um, administrators and educators can be very resourceful. Um, we build and maintain partnerships with local businesses and organizations. And we, we have funders that give time, money, and skills to our schools uh, in the district. Um, right now, teachers are planning activities with equity in mind. Mm -hmm. um, the e-learning plan has a balance. Um, the e-learning plan has a balance of activities that do not require um, te technology all the time. Mm -hmm. So there's a mm -hmm. balance. So, you know, there's, some of the activities are going to require you to click on a link. Sure. But then there's going to be other activities where you do not need a computer, you do not need technology at all. Um, can you imagine the, the frustration a parent would feel to see a lesson plan full of activities that require um, you to click a link to an online site, but yeah. there's no internet connection in the home? Sure, Right. Sure. You know, um, we have to be thoughtful in our planning um, some parents are essential workers um, who may not be able to school their children during the conventional school hours, you know, due to the work schedule. So when teachers invite students to join them on Google Hangouts or whatever tool they're using, you know, it's most likely that you're not going to get your full class on your Hangout se session because some of your students are maybe at a babysitter's house mm -hmm. um, along with some other students. So, right. you know, do you think the babysitter is going to, you know, keep up with the various e-learning plans sure. that each of those kids, you know, have to use? No, you know, clicking links, setting kids up to join on Google Hangouts, that could be a lot for, sure. you know, for someone to, to manage. So, you know, 
Some may, uh, but a lot may not. It's a lot to manage. Uh, some children may be with grandmom, granddad uh, during the day. Grandmom may not know her way around a computer. I mean, she may, but she may not. So right. again, we have to learn our families to find ways to connect with them best or that's most effective. Um, and we have to find ways for children to continue to exercise their bodies and brains in a way that's doable. Um, we encourage parents to use everyday items to support their child in learning. Um, sorting. Sorting is a skill taught in pre-kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So try this. Take your laundry. <laughs> uh, you know, let the kids sort clothes by color. Okay, then resort the clothes by the type of clothing, you know, pants, dress, skirts, socks, right? Sure. Um, then resort by size. And that's just using some everyday items that you have in the house. Right. But they're, they're practicing a skill. Um, teachers, you know, made um, our wish list of supplies and materials that would be useful for kids to have at home um, during distance learning. And so one of our district's funders secured these supplies. Our community okay. partners bagged the supplies and dropped them off at the grab and go meal distribution okay. um, school sites uh -huh, in the district for parents to pick up along with um, the learning plans and breakfast and lunch. So, you know, uh, and one of our math consultants packaged math games and manipulatives to be distributed at grab and go meal distribution as well. So we're we're trying to get we're, we're grabbing onto our resources right about now. That's great. And it's good to have those resources around. And it's it's good to know that, um, you know, you can count on them. And, and there seems like they're very supportive in a time like this. And mm -hmm. and with the with the supplies and the materials that they're providing, um, it just gives an overall the overall at home learning experience. It's just uh, well in play, it seems like. Um, thanks. Thanks to the uh, the partners. Uh, so you answered a couple of my questions already. I had a couple <laughs> more questions about that. Uh, I try to be thorough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you're very thorough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so how are teachers supporting parents during this time of uh, at home e learning? Well. Um... At the onset of school closure and distance learning, parents were bombarded with information from here, there, and everywhere um, to the point where they were overwhelmed. Um, mm -hmm. As the weeks progressed, we learned to streamline information going out to parents. Mm -hmm. um, we were making sure that we have two-way communication set up in ways that are manageable for parents. Uh, some teachers use apps. Um, there's an app out there called Remind, mm -hmm. and there's an app called Seesaw. And um, these apps allow uh, teachers to, they can send photos, they can send announcements, messages, um, video little clips, uh, video clips. And parents can send things back through Remind as well. Interesting. Um, right. Mm -hmm. So there are cases where 
um, students are doing projects at home, they can take a little picture of what they're doing and send it and show the teacher through the Remind app or the Seesaw app. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Yep. And we're, of course, using uh, Google Hangouts as well to, um, to connect. And the teachers attempt to contact each family at least once per week to check in. Um, at this time, families can let teachers know how they're coping, um, what they need. Um, some families are saying that they need groceries. You know, if, if, if teachers do not have a resource to share with the parent, our teachers will contact the parent educators that we have in our building mm -hmm. um, who are equipped with lots of, of resources in the area to okay. give to parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are they, is that something like the PTA parent teacher association? Um, our parent educators are not part of a, uh, of a PTA. They're not actual parents of mm -hmm. students at the school, mm -hmm. um, but they, they work closely with parents as a resource. Um, when parents are in need of certain resources, the parent educator is that person to go to, to guide them, um, give them direction. Okay, great, mm -hmm. great, mm -hmm. great. Sounds like you, uh, you have all bases covered. We're trying very yeah. hard. All right. Well, hey, I'm sure that the parents and the students um, appreciate all of your efforts as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. We are on with uh, Jennifer Sanders and we will be right back. Stay tuned. Okay. Welcome back to In the Moment. We have Jennifer Sanders here with us. And Jennifer, what would you recommend the parents do to assist their children in e-learning? Well, I uh, would recommend um, that parents learn about using the internet safely at home. Uh, children can unknowingly get themselves into risky situations online. Uh, sharing passwords, giving out personal details about themselves, accessing inappropriate or illegal material. And, you know, that list goes on and on. Um, but there is a reader-friendly PDF called Cyber Smart Guide for Families. It's published by Australian Communications and Media Authority, ACMA. I recommend this PDF for parents, not only because of the COVID-19 situation um, that we're in that forces our children to rely heavily on technology for research and school assignments, but internet safety needs to be practiced well after we are past this COVID-19 crisis because children are always using technology for entertainment, and for socializing as well as schoolwork. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's one thing that can't be stressed enough is internet safety because the hackers, they've been practicing while everybody's been practicing their skills since the pandemic. And so I'm pretty sure they're going to mm -hmm. try to continue their efforts to hack and cause disruption across the internet. So no, unfortunately point. so. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, we're not certain how long children will be away from their campuses, but when they return, 
How do you see school districts using the e-learning platforms in the future? Uh, well, first, I'll just say if school if schools um, open before the end of this current school year, um, which I'm doubtful, but if, if it does, uh, the focus will be on transitioning kids back into the school setting structure and routines. Um, think about those students who had difficulty with structure, routines, procedures, and self-regulation at school, you know, even before COVID-19 was a thing. Um, so now, you know, those students have been gone from school for weeks and weeks, and then to be thrust back into school, how do we transition them back in the most effective way? Um, you know, that's a big question. But back to your original question, um, how do I see school districts using the e-learning platform in the future? Um, well, in my school district, the entire district um, is required to complete um, Google Classroom Level 1 um, certification. Um, those are, you know, Google training modules um, that teach us, you know, the, the Google features and and how and, and when to use uh, the different tools um, to supplement lessons. And so the idea is that once the teacher decides what the objective is for a particular lesson, he will know then what Google tool is best to use for that lesson and know how to use it. Mm -hmm. um, or if, 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 and if he has questions, he knows where to go, um, what forum to go to, to find out answers um, to his question. So, you know, if we are risk takers and, and practice these new tools, uh, then uh, maybe, you know, using these technology features will stick and stay. Um, you know, yeah, so, yeah. Great, great, All right. As an instructional specialist, are there any recommendations you would like to share with any teachers parents or other educators that you feel would be useful in providing a better e-learning experience for children? Hmm. Well, first and foremost, uh, self-care. I can't stress that enough. Self-care. Start with yourself. Um, you know, we, we might feel out of whack right now because our days are not quite normal. They don't feel normal. Um, mm -hmm. Some of us are, are teachers trying to teach children who are not in our presence, um, while at the same time supporting our own children at home who have e-learning plans to complete, you know. So we're trying to help them get their, you know, um, you know, we want all the kids to be able to get the full uh, amount of learning done as possible. Anxiety levels are high. We're going stir crazy. Um, you know, we need to stay hydrated, drink water, do mindfulness practices like breathing exercises and meditation, uh, mm -hmm. visual, visualization techniques. You know, we need to work out, take regular walks, do wall push-ups, chair exercises. Um, we need to eat sensible meals, uh, mm -hmm. take nice showers or soak in the tub with a good book, you know, get a good night's sleep, um, if you're a plant person, water your plants and talk to your plants. I mean, we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves first. 
um, before we can be of any support to our families at home who live with us, as well as our children and uh, our students and their families. Um, one other thing I would um, just recommend for Illinois, um, for educators, the Illinois State Board of Education, ISBE, um, they did put out a manual called um, ISBE Guidance Document on Remote Learning that educators, um, I think, will find, you know, helpful as they're kind of working through what to do, what not to do. Um, I think it's a pretty helpful guide. Great, great. That's some very valuable information and I'm sure that it will go a long way in helping the parents and the teachers and everyone else involved in the educational process mm -hmm. as it relates to uh, creating the best experience in terms of e-learning for children. So Jennifer, you've given us a wealth of information. <laughs> a wealth Good, of it. I and hope I'm, so. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners are very appreciative of it and I'm sure that they're going to take you know, the, the wealth of information that you've shared and apply it as needed so that they can have a better e-learning experience. Thank you again. And um, uh, can we call on you again in the future? Absolutely. At some point? You sure can. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So once again, we have Jennifer Sanders, instructional specialist in North Chicago. So we thank you again, and uh, we'll look to have you on the show sometime soon. All right. Thank and thank you for inviting me and everyone. This too shall pass. Yes, it will. All Great right. words. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to In the Moment. This wraps up the Tuesday teacher segment of In the Moment. I hope you enjoyed listening to the interview and learned about the challenges our educators are working through to foster safe and productive e-learning environment. The teachers need our support. If you know any teachers, give them a call and let them know you're thinking about them and appreciate what they do as educators. They'll appreciate you. The Wednesday Wellness in the Moment podcast will feature wellness warrior Kess Robinson. Kess will share some pertinent information on wellness and how to stay healthy. Thank you for listening. Until then, stay safe and stay in the moment.